And we are here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sports Detention Podcast. I'm here. I'm your captain. And I'm here with Potty. How you going, Podstar? Doing well, mate. Doing well. Another good week. Another fantastic week. It has been a long week this week. We went one day earlier last week due to a, a school camp. Mm. And it looks like it's going to be a short week this week with Origin coming up next week. But we don't want to oversell things. We'll get into that when we get in the podcast. What do you reckon? Sounds good to me, mate. Should we get into the pod? Let's fire it up. Potty, what has caught the eye? Oh, oh, mate, it's origin time. And when it gets to origin time, all rugby league fans, and we're no exception, we just cannot take our eyes off the footy. There's, it's, it's like an illness. It's like a, a fever. It's a sickness, isn't it? Yes, an that's An origin right. fever that is amongst us. That's right. And um, the thing that caught my eye, punch on, not play on for Victor Radley. Mate, punch on. He is in strife again. He has had another duster, and he has thrown a headbutt last week. I saw that. Um, the immediate question that I had when I saw that was, uh, whatever happened to the sin bin? Exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> but it made me thinking, is Victor firing people up? Because people have gone crazy, mate. In Victoria, we have had another incident where there has been a punch-up at a local footy match. Yeah. Is that an AFL problem? Is that a sport problem in Australia? Should we be tolerating it? Or am I just overreacting? Oh, I don't think you're overreacting, regardless of, you know, the, the seriousness of the incident. Um, I think uh, it, it's definitely a black eye that local sports struggle with, um, and especially when we're coming back around for local, um, you know, recreation and participation, you know, We've got to avoid this stuff because the last thing you need is putting people off going not only to support local teams but also to actually participating in the games. And, yeah, it's um, it's pretty rough, that sort of stuff. Agreed. And uh, in all seriousness, I mean, I know things do happen on the field between the players. People get a little hot-headed. But as parents of young children, yeah. do we really want to be taking our kids to games where that potentially going to be happening now now we had a bit of a discussion about this earlier in the week and we sort of touched on it and I, I was possibly a little cold on it um and you know that purely comes from my experience you know playing and growing up playing rugby league in western sydney unfortunately you know there was a lot of times where parents would get into it and mm. and it was you know when i look at what i would want from my children um to be in that environment would i want that absolutely not and um you know hence the reason why it's important that we um you know we just eradicate it from junior footy or yeah. from junior sports uh, you know all the way through to those senior grades and you know at the end of the day you're there to compete you're there to play hard you're there to have fun and everyone should be able to go home that's right, that's right. And, you know, it's not the first incident I can remember hearing about in the last 12 months, so needs to stop, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, something else that caught my eye, Party Pooper Payton. Toddy. Toddy Payton. Love Toddy Payton. West Tiger's great. Speaking of which... West Tiger, Cowboy's great? He yeah. is a Cowboy's. 
So he's a little bit of both. And well, he had a f- his finger in a couple of pies on the weekend, you reckon? Well, that's what I'm suggesting. Now, were you aware that in 2005, Todd Payton was a member of the Tigers' grand final winning team? I was aware of that, yes. It was, um, it was actually quite an interesting swan song to Payton's career because he'd, he was a big player at Canberra. Mm. And a lot of people don't realise that he was on the books at the Roosters yep. when they won their premiership in 02. I, he didn't play. No. I think he may have been playing reserve grade injuries, a lot of that. And when he moved to the Tigers, that was sort of back with Tim Sheens and back a bit of a revival and last hurrah in his career and ended up getting a title. Yep, and what a day for Toddy. What was not a good day for Toddy was uh, Saturday night out at Leichhardt where his Cowboys were pumped 66 to 18. Yeah, that's that's going to sour the celebrations. Do you know what probably made it a bit worse for Toddy? The West Tigers 2005 Premiership team were having their reunion yeah. that weekend. So he's going to the party <laughs> afterwards and they're all cheering and having a great yes. time and poor old Toddy, he's, he's not enjoying himself, and I wouldn't f- imagine. And the fact that two former teammates were actually the opposition assistant coaches That's and right. his former coach was the opposition coach. So... Yep. Yes, um, well, not a good weekend for Toddy. So that certainly caught my eye and, um, you know, um, uh, any chance the boys let him off the hook that night? No chance, Lance. I don't think so. Um, You know, talking about Todd Payton being at the Cowboys now and that's what I always thought, being a Sheens player and being someone who'd come through not only Sheens... Mm. Um, but also had some time under Ricky Stewart. Yep. I thought defence. And therefore got school. Yeah, I, I thought defence would be really the cornerstone of what the Cowboys are about. Mm. But what's caught my eye, mate? What have you got for me, mate? Is defence. You know who's putting up a good defence at the moment? Who's putting up a good defence? Netflix, mate. Oh, are they ever? Netflix are <laughs> defending. They're on the attack. Netflix have announced changes to their service agreements, mate. This is going to fire the punters up. Mm. They'll be utilising, and forgive my, my technology, they'll be utilising IP addresses to manage their streaming systems in the, in the near future, mate. So... Um, what they're trying to eradicate, obviously, is the sharing of account information. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, it's so one of the perks of streaming. Yeah. Let's let's be I fair. I have an account. It. Here's my password. You have yeah. my password. You know, oh, you got Disney. Oh, I happen oh, to have Kaho. I haven't seen the Want to trade? <laughs> you know, it's like trading lunch at school. Yeah. You know, you're just sharing it with your friends and everybody goes home happy. That's right. Netflix aren't having that. No. So... I thought to myself, and I put my capitalistic hat on, and I thought, you know what, good on you, Netflix. Interest rate rises. The cost of living is going through the roof. And I think what a brilliant idea, but to put this together and slug hard-working Australians more for streaming fees. Good on you. Absolute kick in the guts. And without even going beyond the technology boundaries, mate, how does it work with VPNs? VPNs. Well, I mean, VPNs are designed to scramble IP addresses. What, how does that work, or is that just going to be something that doesn't get talked about and everybody just goes on happy and just gets a subscription to a VPN? Yeah, well, I heard if you wanted to share your accounts these days, you've got to pay an extra $8 a month or yeah. something like that. So maybe they're hoping they'll... Um, they look at a cash-in. Yeah, get a few wins that way. Uh, uh, very good. Another thing, else, mate? mate, another thing. Um, we spoke in depth last week about Ric Flair, the great Ric Flair. Woo. Now, it turns out that Ric Flair isn't the only bloke having trouble keeping alligators down, mate. What? Hang on. 
mate. Florida man Jordan Rivera took the most eventful slash in his life this past weekend, mate. He was apparently drinking uh, at Bandito's Bar in Port Charlotte. Who hasn't? Oh, me. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Jordan ducked off to take a leak, mate. Um, However, the lineup was far too long for Mr. Rivera's liking, and uh, he decided to duck out to the local water source uh, to relieve himself. However, on the way, Potty, uh, Jordan tripped and fell into into the drink, and uh, he was only then to be hit by a textbook tackle from a 10-foot alligator. Now, the alligator under investigation in this incident there is suspicions that he may have had some uh, spent some time in the Melbourne Storm Academy, mate, because he swiftly put Mr. Rivera in a chicken wing, <laughs> taking his right arm clean off. And the footage that I've seen, mate, and you will be able to see it online if you so wish, uh, there's an old fella with a durry hanging out of his mouth, taking his belt off to try and make some sort of <laughs> tourniquet. It's, it's an absolute nightmare. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Rivera, uh, unfortunately, he's, uh, yeah, obviously going to take a slash and he's, he's lost an arm in the process. So Can, can you imagine? I mean, you're, you're down the beach, bonfire, few mates, few mm. beers, and you duck down a quick slash and... Bloody wide pointer jumps up and takes your arm off. <laughs> Jaws has got you. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to know. If you're in it's gator murky country. water in gator country, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to keep an extra lookout. And maybe you might even just wait your turn in the <laughs> local dunnies. And anyway, uh, and a final thing, mate, that's caught my eye, which is a real, uh, I mean, it twists at the heartstrings, this one. Literally, mate. Uh, Blatzy, Michael Blatner, a local uh, rugby league player for the Berry Shoalhaven Magpies. Mm. He was playing Reggie's down the Group 7 competition, mate. He's apparently a local front row legend, Blatzy. He suffered a heart attack mid-match, mate, on the weekend. Scary. So, I mean, it's a massive concern, the old heart attack. Um, However, Blatz made his way to the bench. He just walked it off. Um, just walked off a heart attack. Just walked it off. He walked off on his own. The 49-year-old. So he's a, he's a veteran. He's yeah. a veteran, Blatty. Uh, he then felt like he was still capable of making a contribution to the game. So um, <laughs> he attempted to get some additional minutes, Potty, um, but he was talked out of it by the officials, which I think uh, in hindsight with the uh, the diagnosis that came, um, as according to Channel 7 reports, Blattner, he drove himself to hospital afterwards. <laughs> Um, and he was diagnosed with a 99% blockage of his artery oh, and wow. associated blockery, blockages sorry, requiring a triple bypass surgery. Potty, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to put it out there. We've, I've known some soft front rowers in my day, but I'm going to say that Blatty doesn't have a handbrake in him. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> that, is, that is next level tough. Blatty. So, Blatty... We must say, like, we salute you here at the Sports Detention, mate. You, you're a legend. You're a local legend, and there's no denying that. I hope you got man of the match. Oh. Three points. Three points. Yeah. Absolutely. Player of the season in our eyes. Um, speaking of footy, mate, should we rip into the league from the weekend? Let's do it. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here.
Big weekend, RL, mate. What'd you get? Oh, huge weekend. Lots happening, mate. Well, let's let's run through the scores really quickly. Um, Penrith Panthers too good for Broncos, fifteen to four. Uh, the Roosters went down in a nail biter at the death to mm. the Dragons. Last minute try. It was two and throw that game, wasn't it? It yeah, was all over good the match. place. Uh, twenty four to twenty two. The Mighty Eels. Oh, oh, some pepper you stepped mate, uh, all over the weekend, mate. I watched the I saw it. Here a couple of times. <laughs> 36 to 16 over the Rabbitohs, the unbeatable Rabbitohs. As much as I enjoyed that game, I must admit it provided a little bit of frustration for me, wondering why that can't be produced week in, week out. But, you know, got the cows this week, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the Sharkies, too good for the Knights, uh, 26 to 6 in Coffs Harbour. And uh, West Tigers, as yeah, we the mentioned big earlier, 66 to 18, just blew them off the park and it, they were just running straight through them at the end there. Yeah, and, and Tigers fans, I've noticed, have come out of the woodwork in the last couple of days. They certainly have, they certainly have. We, we gave them a fair bit of grief early in the season. Um, you know, they're still not blowing our socks off, but uh, they're getting some wins. So That's right, they're playing a lot better football, still a ways to go. Staff at Toa. Oh, mm. gave Val Holmes a bath the other day. Um, then you've got um, the Bulldogs, the second half specialist getting over the Titans, the first half specialist, 20 day Dean. The Raiders went down uh, in Canberra to Manly, 14, uh, 42 14. Yep. And uh, the Warriors. Got the, got the points off the bye. They got the bye. And um, also, too, Redcliffe. Redcliffe oh, and the Storm. Sorry, yeah. Yep. So the Storm 24, Redcliffe 6. Yeah, another Dang. game where the Sin bin really played its impact. Yes. Um, mate, match of the round. What'd you go with? We we both selected the Broncos and the Panthers as our potential match of the round. Yeah, match of the round um, um, didn't. Wasn't quite there for me. I decided to, to move off from that. I was going to go with Parramatta and South because of the um, the victory for the Mighty Eels. But I, You're not going to go it? No, I'm going to shaft it. I, I thought about it just recently. Wow. and I, That game with the Roosters and the Dragons was, was back and forth, and it was, um, it was a really good match. Uh, ben Hunt played really well. There were the first... Half an hour, I thought St. George had it for sure. And mm. then the Roosters came right back and you thought it was just going to be a Teddy special. I know Supercoach fans out there would have been really happy with Teddy there for a while. And yep. then um, finishing it off um, uh, with that last-minute try, literally the last play of the game, and the Dragons get the win, it was um, it, it was good to see. So, look, I, I watched that game. The, the Roosters are so poor at the moment. Mm. I, I think we can all agree on that, that... Um, you know, there, there's a lot of talk early in the season about the Roosters just, you know, being that perennial team that just eases their way in the season and then they get going. But they don't seem to be flicking that switch. Yeah. Um, still, like, I mean, star quality across the park on paper. Yeah. But they're just not performing to their, you know, the standards that they would have set for themselves. Not for 80 minutes. Mm. Um, they certainly did in patches. And the game the other night was a really good game in patches, but the theatre of it was brought about by the result and how mm. close it was. Yeah, and and I suppose the fact that the the Dragons were coming off, they they were looking for the new care, the interim coach bounce yep. that um, is often talked about. So Ryan Carr, I mean, he was uh, riding a wave of emotion to get his debut win as an NRL head coach. Yep. So congratulations to him. Um, and I mean, it was very very tense there. I think I, you know, when um, Sewell went over. 
with six to go, you thought, oh, the, the Dragons are on here. And then, I mean, Moses Suley, my gosh, he yeah. got made, he, I, he got mugged like a backpacker in Brazil <laughs> from James Tedesco. He, he was, it was reef straight off him. Um, and then you thought, oh, well, it's just going to be that plucky win for the Roosters. And then, you know, last play of the game, like you said, mate, the, the Dragons just rolled the dice and Tyra the Sloan with the, the kick across field. It was just yeah. a, it was a shot at it and it was a cracking pick up for the try. Uh, I, I got to say, I did feel a fraction sorry for Hook at the end of the match. You know, first game, yeah. not in charge. They come out and they put in a performance like that where they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they were as committed as I'd seen yeah. in a while. And the question is, obviously, is that this bounce or is it just are we giving the Roosters too much credit that they're just not really doing the business at the moment? Like, that that's the real big question out of that match. Yeah, so, yeah. Mate, Mate, match of the round for me. I was going to go the Roosters and Dragons, you know, but I'm going to go Paris South just to, go Paris just House. to just to pump up my co-host over here, mate. Um, I don't know where to go with it because I'm not prepared for it, but just a good win for the Matters, um, and it was just great to hear all the South fans whinging after yeah. it. And, they, they were struggling, weren't they? You know, they, and and it's all these like conspiracy theories about the fact that they lost one game against Parramatta, and now none of their players are eligible for selection for Origin. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the moaning that has been going on um, has been a thing of beauty. But um, do they have a case? Um, yes. Um, however, I think some are, so it's, I don't think it's as bad as what they're, what is being portrayed. I don't think it's this highway robbery style, but before I jump off the Paris house, yep. I just want to mention if I'm going to play it as my match of the round, Bryce Cartwright was pretty impressive the other night. Yeah. You know, Bryce has been, you know, he came, he burst onto the scene. He's had a very, very undulating career, yeah. but, um, yeah, some of his touches the other night was, was some of his best footy again, which, you know, as... You know, the Cartwright name as a Panthers fan and the Cartwright name is synonymous with Penrith. I, I, I do have a have a little soft spot for Bryce. So I remember Bryce coming on the scene and he played some outstanding football maybe back in about 2016 at 5'8 mm. for the Panthers and um, was never really was able to sustain or recapture that form for long periods. Uh, the rest of his time at Penrith or up at the Gold Coast, and it's mm. taken. He's been back at, in, in Sydney. He's been at Parramatta. This is his third season. Yeah. Now. So it's taken him a while, but the first uh, ten dozen rounds of the year have been very, very good. Yeah, and um, you know, and sometimes it's that that consistency, and you know, there was obviously a lot of uh, external factors that were contributing to to his life off the field in in the past. You yeah. know, which. You know, that's, that's going to play a massive part. And the human aspect of a rugby league play shouldn't be lost. No, can't underestimate it. So, mate, um, we touched on origin. Yeah. And players not making origin. Um, do you want to go through the squads? Yeah. What it, what, we had the squads selected, so the game's on next week. And then uh, I think we might might sort of dive into the, the controversial selections if there are any. Yeah, I like it. So, next Wednesday night, playing out of Radelaide. Yeah. Uh, mm. Queensland, they have named their team, and at fullback will be Reese Walsh. Um, Selwyn Cobbo on one wing and Murray Tawalangi on the other wing. Valentine Holmes and the Hammer in the centres. Oh, that is a... That's a good back line. That is a good back line. We'll come back to maybe a selection or two there. 
Um, Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans yeah. picked no himself there. Ben Hunt as well at Hooker, I think, pretty much picked himself there. Um, there will be Melbourne supporters out there mm. who have a little bit of debate over that, but... Yeah, I, I think for mine that's a tactical decision and a good yeah, one as well. It's a it's a game plan thing that. Uh, Lindsay Collins uh, and Thomas Flegler playing up front. David Fafita is having his best season, I think, in the NRL. Uh, is in the second row along with Tom Gilbert from the Dolphins. That's going to be a, a back row that's going to cause some problems, I think. Yep. And uh, the Cardigan, Paddy Carrigan, at mm. lock. Then uh, their bench: Harry Grant, Big Tino. Ruben Cotter and Jai Arrow and uh, Tommy Dearden's the number 18 and Christian Welsh missing out the number 19. So look, so looking at that Queensland side, something that really stands, I think it's a really, really strong side on paper. But the fact that you've got Big Tino on the bench mm. shows, really indicates the depth. But it's not impact depth. It is just quality tradesman-like depth. When you look at Carrigan, Gilbert, Flegler, Collins, and the only real... Impact flair player, you've got his Fafida, mm. who's been playing really well. So, I mean, that's a that's a workhorse style pack, and it's a pack that's in form as well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Jai Arrow on the bench, he covers that middle mm. and that edge back row position, so uh, they cover that really well. And because Ben Hunt's in their team, he pretty much covers everywhere, doesn't yeah. he? So. And and we we talked about it just briefly there. So Harry Grant, Ben Hunt, that's that's clearly just a tactical thing, you know, looking at bringing Harry Grant on to to ping at some uh, some tired New South Wales forwards later on in the half. That scares me as a yeah. New South Wales fan. Um, what do you think of the back line, mate, the back five? Murray, Tawalungi? Um, I Yeah, I think it's, you, you know... Um, Someone like Xavier Coates to me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's obviously uh, Talung. He, play, he played the last couple of games in the series last year, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did, and so, I think he played yeah. in the World Cup for Australia last so year. I so I think it's it's obviously just a, a form thing. Um, Coates has had a he's had a few niggling injuries. Maybe that you know that could have potentially yeah. played a part. But I, I, obviously, the big ones: Reese Walsh getting the nod over Kalen Ponga. Um, I sort of mentioned it in my predicted sides, as that's where. You know, if I was making a decision on a Queensland part, that's where I'd go. Yeah. Um, you know, just not being able to, you know, rely on the fact that, that Pong is going to make it through 80 minutes just with, um, you know, the issues with his head knocks lately. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I guess the big one was the two Newcastle players um, who, Caelan Ponga, missed out, yep. which was somewhat surprising giving his heroics in Game 3 last yeah. year. Yeah. And uh, Dane Gagai, who's just been Queensland through and through for 22 games straight. Yeah, and, a, and, a, and it looks as though Billy's just drawn a line in the sand and gone, you know what, we're, you know, these guys have served us well, but we, we need to, you know, give the young players who are the superstars of tomorrow um, an opportunity to shine on the on the big stage. Yeah, fair call. And I doubt he's putting a line through them either. I, I, I'd oh, imagine no. If you, yeah. can, if you have to call on someone and you're calling on Gagai, I mean, I did suggest that Gagai should never play Origin again after scrapping with Matt Burton. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether Billy listened to my suggestion on that. He's but, going, uh, yeah, you know what, you were right. Yeah. Oh, Highly right. doubt it, but. Highly doubt it. So the New South Wales squad, mate. So we, we've gone for the cheeky squad announcement. We haven't gone for the lineup. So Freddie playing a few mind games. Yep. So the New South Wales squad. Uh, Josh Adokar, Nathan Cleary, Tyson Frizzell, Campbell Graham, Payne Haas, Nico Hines, 
Appy, Jerome Law, Liam Martin, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Murray, Tavita Pangai Jr., Junior Palo, James Tedesco, Captain, Brian Toho, uh, Turbo, Isaiah Yo, and Hudson Young. It's a strong side. It is. so Strong squad. Um, word in the last day or so has been Campbell Graham has been... Um, well, Campbell Graham won't be there, yeah, so that's, that's recent news. Squad. Yeah. And um, I think it is Braley from uh, Sharks has joined the squad as mm. the, the... So I was... Uh, Stephen Crichton wasn't brought in for that. Yeah, I think uh, I think Stephen Crichton might have been. Sorry, yeah. uh, Stephen Crichton and Brayley has also been brought yeah, in so as well. Both yeah, been yeah. Brought in as well. Okay, um, so I mean Crichton would be a straight swap. So, mm. uh, to going back to our our moaning South Sydney noise that has been around us of the last couple of days, it's obviously Campbell Graham, form centre of the competition, deserves an Origin jersey. Nobody would deny that. Coming in for your first Origin game. And then not being able to train. So they've obviously been managing his workload at South. So he would be right to play, but he can't train for the initial couple of days of camp. When you're trying to get combinations, you know, you need players training. You need players on the training paddock. So Freddie has probably looked at it and gone, well, Stephen Crichton's in red hot form. He's been in the the system. He can train today. So the decision is just made where... Campbell, you're, you're going to play origin football. You're good enough to play origin football, but just maybe game one isn't the time for you because you're just not ready to train with us from yeah, the go. Yeah, and look, honestly, rep football, and it doesn't matter if you're playing in your local league in the under-12s or you're playing um, uh, in the NRL, rep football, Football's meant to be a hard team to get into. That's kind of where City Country mm. lost its way a few years ago when um, you had a lot of the stars pulling out and they were getting a lot of players coming in, some who'd only played one or two first-grade games. Yeah. So while I think Campbell Graham has been outstanding for a good 18 months now and deserves to be considered for a spot, who are you dropping? So the back line's yeah. going to be Turbo, Brian Toho, Josh Adokar... Um, uh, Tedesco and Latrell. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the comments I've heard is, oh, you know, Tommy Turbo's had one good game and now he's back in the side. But I, I disagree with that because I think Tommy Turbo plays. If Tommy Turbo's got one leg, he plays. Yeah, that's how good I rate Tommy Turbo. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to agree with that. But you know, I, I think as I, as I described before, that that's what the decision making was pretty much made. Is if Stephen Crichton's not in form. You know, maybe that decision's a bit harder, yeah. but it's a pretty easy decision when, when Stephen Crichton's in such good form and Campbell Graham, just go, look, just hold on, mate. You'll get your shot and go back, play for South, you know, keep doing what you're doing because we'll, we'll probably use you this series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other one, obviously, is Appy Corusau getting the nod over Damien Cook. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, so... Freddie has um, basically come out and said he's picked Appy because of his combinations with Jerome Luai, uh, Nathan Cleary, and also uh, gone on to extend that. Um, well, I don't know. I didn't actually hear Freddie say this, but certain analysts suggesting that Appy plays better um, off a slow play the ball. Mm. So, um, you know, it's the 79th minute. You need a try. You want those combinations being crisp. Mm. But also, too, I where I sit with Abby's selection, in my opinion, is 
I mean, it's six and one half a dozen the other. Mm. Like, I mean, you, they both, like, they are so neck and neck, Damien Cook and Appy, at this point in time. People would say, oh, well, Cook's in good form, Appy's playing for the Tigers, but that's not to say Appy's not in good form. He's just playing for the Tigers, yep. you know, and they've had a rough start to the year. So, um, you know, the reasoning that Freddie's given is, I think, is valid, the mm. fact that he's got a combination there, but... I don't think it, as soon as New South Wales went away from have gone away from having another hooker on the bench and going we need an eighty minute hooker it was always going to be fifty fifty yep. and I I think they both have strong claims for the jersey it's just Appy's got it this time for the combination reason so one that wasn't quite as controversial because he's played outstanding over the last few years particularly in the last few weeks was uh, Jerome Luai. Being picked, mm. and um, uh, again, it was suggested that he was picked pretty much because he's um, uh, combination with 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 Cleary. So, uh, a few of the things that have come up, and I wanted to put it to you as a, as a big time Penrith fan, and I oh, big time Nathan Cleary fan. There's been certain um, suggestions out there that Nathan Cleary hasn't the final frontier for him to being considered on that absolute top level is he hasn't dominated at origin level when all the beer and Skittles has been on the line. So is my question is, is he under pressure to perform and to get a series wing off his own back, like Cherry Evans has in recent years, like Munster's done before, like Joey, like Thurston has before, especially since at least the perception is out there that he is um, being... Given every opportunity to, Freddie is making yeah. selections that Look, suit him. The the way I would answer that is arguably game two last year, Cleary had the best game of his career. I believe it was game two last year. He pretty much carried the side. I can see where the argument is that, you know, Nathan Cleary hasn't grabbed, you know, Origin by the scruff of the neck, like Joey did in his comeback. Not, not in a decider. Like, he, yeah. that was a great game last year, and he did it a couple of years before as well in Perth, I think it was. But where I'd go with that, though, is I'd argue that Queensland won, what, 10 out of 11 series? Mm. How many did Cameron Smith win on his own? How many did Cooper Cronk win on his own? How many did Greg Inglis win on his own? How many did Jonathan Thurston win on his own? How many did Billy Slater win on his own? You know, when you're looking at who has stepped up, Cleary hasn't played bad. Well, oh, Cleary, no, Cleary no. has been running the show, but at the end of the day when the play needs to be made, it might have been Tommy Turbo, it might have been the Fox, it might have been Tedesco. So, yeah, I, I think it's almost... It, you know, those sorts of big picture questions can be answered with hindsight. Yep. You know, and I, yeah, I think you're doing Cleary an injustice. I think anyone's doing Cleary an injustice by saying, hey, Nathan, go out there and you just dominate a series for me mm. to show me you're the best. Well, hold on a second. Wait till he gets to the end of his career and then look back at it and go, what did he do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a valid question. And I think that is, but but it's I mean the question you ask is a question that often get or a criticism that often gets thrown at players like Nathan Cleary, and it seems to be more New South Wales players. You think about Mitchell Pearce, yeah, he played so oh, many Origin games, tough and nobody and nobody was ever happy enough with what he did. No. You know, despite even the time when he won a series, yeah, you know he was you know lauded for winning us a series because he got kicked out of the Origin side, and yeah. you know. 
Trent yeah. Hodgkinson came in. Like it was just, I think we we have been too critical of of our New South Wales players and our leading leading lights in the past. I'd agree, and I'd, um, I guess you'd like to hear specifics about what people want. What what are you after it to be one all in the decider and he kicks a seventy nine minute field goal to mm. win and and then you'll give him the tick. So yeah, it, it is hard. It's just um, look, just a two 0 series lead would be all right. Oh. I think we'd all be happy with that. Happy days. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, mate. So, so we'll keep uh, obviously keep ease to the ground on Origin over the next couple of days. Um, it's going to be a massive game next Wednesday. I'm, I'm pumped for it. Um, you know, and hopefully we're talking about how New South Wales have just come together and just absolutely dominated those two-headed mob from up north. Mm. That's what I'm hoping, and that's what I'm expecting. But um, before we finish on the league, mate, anything else? Um, grab your eye, mate. Um, a big one. Uh, a, I mean, whispers, rumour mill. Um, Bulldogs are in the hunt, mate. Um, around the Bulldogs being interested in Dragons half Ben Hunt. Mm. Now, they were only exacerbated by interim coach Ryan Carr's comments, you know, highlighting the uncertainty around uh, Ben Hunt's position in the 17. Um, I would caveat that with, I, I believe the comments were made in a, in a way of, does he play seven or nine? It mm. wasn't, he won't be in my 17. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's obviously been twisted to the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that Ben Hunt hasn't, isn't as short of a jersey, which I don't think is true. Um, but the reason why I jump onto the rumours is because it's a very Phil Gould type of signing. Yeah. At the Bulldogs for this time, you know, a veteran half who has the ability to, to direct a team around the park and that would just free Matt Burton of that role. Yeah. And allow him to be the the six that they obviously want him to be. You look at Gus, what he did at Penrith. One of the first things he did was he brought in Jamie Soward, premiership winner. Jamie Soward, and then when Jamie went, James Maloney came in. Yep. You know that was just to as the the halfbacks came through. Like obviously they've got a young half there who's been probably put into grade too early. Yep. Um, similar to like Nathan Cleary came into grade very very young. You could probably um, go all the way back to the mid nineties when he went to the Roosters and he brought Freddie over from. Mm. Um, the Panthers back then, so yeah. So, so I don't. I think Freddie was a different kettle of fish. He was all class, so obviously as well. Yeah. So, but I think if Ben Hunt wants to play another two to three years in the NRL, I mean, a move to the Dogs uh, that might be his best shot of getting an elusive premiership, just sneaking one. Mm. You know, because I I don't think if he goes anywhere else or he stays at the Dragons that he really is in with a shot of getting a premiership. No, I, I yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, where he goes and what he does, or if he goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, other one, mate, so done deal. Jake Arthur, he's moved on. Um, over to Manly. Yep. Yep, so he's going to... Good move. I think for him, yeah. Cherry Evans won't be there forever. Yeah, so I, I actually listened to the um, the Round 13 presser with uh, Brad Arthur today, just before we got on the podcast, and he's... I was actually surprised. I thought he'd just be, oh, and it was an opportunity for him. So I was, you know, we released him really happy. But he, you could hear the relief in his voice. Yeah, okay. He was talking about it. You could. He didn't go as far to say, oh, it was a really big burden on Jake and it was really tough on me. But that's what he said. That, mm. That's how it came across. And he, yeah, and and I mean, if if it's best for both parties and, and we wish them both well, I mean, I, I think it's a great opportunity for Jake. You know, the Eels had sort of... They'd made their decision, you know. Yep. They're the red side, and they, you know, they've they've put all their eggs in Moses' basket. Yep. 
<laughs> Got him. A bit of Old Testament there for you guys. Oh. Rightio, mate. So, uh, next round, what do we got? All right, mate. So short round this round because of the origin. Uh, we've got the Dolphins versus the Dragons. We've got the Eels versus the Cows. We've got the Warriors versus the Broncos. The Rabbits versus the Raiders. And the Knights v. the Bye. All right. and uh, Knights Je- Eagles. Oh, sorry. Yep, sorry. The Knights Mate, there, there is a few versus the Bible. We've got the yep. Dogs, Panthers, Roosters, Shark Storms, Titans and Tigers yep. all picking up the cheap too. So sorry, I- Seagulls fans. Seagulls fans. I know you've been a bit patchy, but I wasn't suggesting that you- <laughs> <laughs> you're like playing the bye. Well, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for a cheap Jetstar flight to Bali this week, you are shit out of luck because we have got... <laughs> Seven NRL teams looking to get over to Legion and get that uh, get on and get a few scooters, up, or maybe do yeah do some uh, outreach work, building houses and uh, getting leg tats. That's right. That's so right. Um, yeah, no chance of getting a flight to Bali uh, this week because uh, the boys are on the buy. On the buy. Match and of the round, mate. Mate, I went the uh, Rabbits versus the Raiders, both coming off my losses that I think they'll be pretty disappointed in. They ended up both getting put to the sword by Manly and Parramatta, respectively, so I, I think they're going to want to be bouncing back. Um, and um, I guess we'll get to see from the Raiders because they both had long winning streaks, but mm. the Raiders wasn't quite as, I suppose... Potent as South Sydney. Yeah, they're not knocking your dick in the dirt, are they? No. The Raiders, like, yeah. So, contenders versus pretenders time for the Raiders. I guess we'll see how they bounce back. What about you, mate? Who have you got? Mate, I've gone for Redcliffe versus the Dragons. Um... I mean, this this raised some good memories for me because it was my last win on the punt Mm. was the last time they played. That's how long it's been. Um, (laughs) Redcliffe versus the Dragons. But, um... I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good match. Mate. Oh, it was, mate, I'm still, still hanging on to that hope. Um, being back up in Queensland, I think it's an opportunity for um, the Dolphins just to come out and and try and get a get a win on the board. Um, the Dragons, but it's also an opportunity for them to go back to back. You know, obviously with a few players out for the for the Dolphins with Origin. Um, you know, I think it'll be a good game. Mm. Certainly agree. So, mate, um, that'll wrap it up, wrap us up for the footy. Um, talking about uh, Netflix charging us far too much for uh, for content, mate. Um, did you catch the McGregor Forever this week? I did catch the McGregor Forever. New doco dropped. New doco. Mate, what'd you think, mate? Well, for starters, I love my sport, and like many of us out there. If if I could have done anything with my life, if you could have said you can pick, we'll wave the magic wand. I would have been a professional sports star. Oh, I think, yeah, both yeah. of us would and pick that. I've always been intrigued by the greatest of the great. I'm talking Usain Bolt. I'm talking Roger Federer. Mm. People who did it for a long time on the biggest stage. And uh, Conor McGregor as well. Uh, and McGregor's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he's even if you don't know UFC, even if you've never watched a fight, even if you've got no desire to ever watch one, mm. you probably know who you Conor, know McGregor. Conor McGregor Yeah. And so um, very flamboyant and a, a hell of a fighter. Um, I like this Netflix special because it gives us a bit of an insight into the mentality of a professional fighter. Yeah. Now, I, I said 
just before that I w- if I could have done anything, I would have loved to have been a sports star. But I said to you the other day, Gregor, you know, a fighter, I'd love to have been a fighter. Except I don't like getting punched yeah, in the face. Yeah, man, man, that's almost like a part of the deal. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, know. Floyd Mayweather's done a pretty good job at avoiding getting punched in the face, but you know, he's been caught every now and then. That's right. But I always get to see uh, – sorry, I, I always wonder about how they prepare themselves and their mentality, that, that mm. mental edge they have and how they deal with adversity. And, and I thought um, McGregor forever – um, really took you through that. It, it, it begins with him snapping his um, leg in two, doesn't it? And yeah, he's, he's yeah. sitting in the. Um, so his most recent fight, where he against Dustin Poirier, where he obviously broke his his ankle. Yeah, mm. and into the hospital and his recovery and his comeback. All the doubters, he can't do it. He can't get back. He can't be- get back to where he was. Mm. And um, to come out and put on performance like he did, even though he didn't get the chocolates, was. Mm. Pretty, pretty, pretty intriguing, and yeah, it's 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 an interesting documentary because it doesn't cover. So it covers his injury, which was his last fight. Mm. So it doesn't cover him actually coming back. He's still on the comeback trail, like you know. So it's almost one of those things where, like, it obviously takes a step back and dives into his fight with Khabib, and and you know, then obviously the the two fights with back to back with Dustin Poirier. He obviously had the fight with Donald Cerrone in between that as well. Yeah. Um, however, you know, the fact that it starts, it's a real interesting documentary because it starts with him being injured, but it also finishes with us going, how's he going to come back, you know, and, and you know, we'll go into it, into the, uh, in the fight talk about he, the announcement for, and, and obviously his fight with Michael Chandler that's coming. But um, I think being able to step back and go through the process, um, they did a really good job in the doco, um, as obviously someone who's followed Conor McGregor for, for a long time. I, mm. I mean, I tell people all the time and they probably just roll their eyes and go, oh, yeah, whatever. But I knew who Conor McGregor was four years before he even got in the UFC. Yeah. You know, I'd seen him fighting in Cage Warriors and I, I, to be honest with you, when I first saw him, even though I'm a massive Conor McGregor fan, I was like, I don't like this guy. You know, he's a bit of a knob. But yeah. he was Conor McGregor at Cage Warriors yeah. on the local circuits, you know, and I knew of him. I'd heard him, heard of him. I'd seen him take out a, yeah. a couple of, uh, you know, European veterans on his come up, and then he won the champ champ status for Cage Warriors before moving over to the UFC. And the fact that they sort of drip fed that through the documentary as well was was pretty awesome because you sort of look at it and you just go, we were there for the come up, yeah. you know. You saw the come up and, mate, the fact that he, he spends his – six months of the year living on a yacht yeah. like you know he started as you know somebody who was on you know welfare and he's now on a yacht so to be able to see the start of that and see where it's at now and then obviously still have the questions of where to now it's it's fascinating yeah and particularly from the point of view for me like because he's had huge fights uh stepped into the boxing ring and made mm. a, an absurd amount of money fighting floyd he doesn't need the money oh, to, to no. fight anymore, but he does. And we touched on this a couple of weeks ago, I know, when we were talking about the bare-knuckle boxing, and you said, oh, he's just a fighter. He just, loves fighting. Yeah. He loves fighting. It's, um, but also, too, I did, I did notice in the documentary that I, I did sort of just look at it and go, ah, okay, yep, there's, there's something missing here, because they talk about his different mindsets within a couple of the different camps that have led up to the point where he's at now. 
Khabib camp was just full of hate. Mm. Like they they were at each other. The Cerrone camp was very amicable. You know, he he respected Donald, and and I think that was genuine. You know, everybody loves Donald Cerrone. You know, the cowboy is he's he's a fan favorite, and the fact that he went in there and destroyed Donald, but there was a lot of love. There was a lot of you know, this is business. Let's get it done. Then he did the same with Dustin Poirier, who had had a, he'd had a checkered history with, but then it went pear shaped from that. Mm. However. You know, there was a range of other things that weren't touched on in the documentary that there's out there and it was in relation to the fact that they were going... So Conor McGregor suggested... There was a suggestion of a, a $500,000 donation to Don, to um, Dustin Poirier's charity yep. that was never made. Okay. So that's why in the second fight... So if anybody was trying to... Well, why did Conor just flick the switch and turn? Mm. There was a bit of back and forward in between that time around, you know, Conor making a promise to donate to his charity and the Dustin calling him out on in public and saying, hey, you didn't give me the money, and Conor just losing it and going, hold on a second, mate. Do you not know how money works? I don't just pull $500,000 out of my backside. I've got business managers. I've got investors. I've got all this. So instead of calling me out in public, that's where he lost it. Yeah. He's like, you've called me out in public. You've tried to make me look a fool. All right, it's on, yeah. basically. And that was a massive – but it wasn't t- that wasn't even mentioned in the documentary. But mm-hmm. that was a big switch. That was a big change. And that's where when he's saying your wife's in my DMs, that's where a lot of that came from because mm. his wife runs his charity. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. where they were going back and forward. Yeah. So, yeah, so if anybody didn't get that and didn't connect that, that's where a lot of it comes from. Um, but, it was yeah, it was, it was fascinating. I Going back to my point, though, um, they say it's hard to be motivated if you're waking up in silk sheets mm. and Connor has always disputed that and I've all – so backed him up in the past and got he's a fighter, he's a fighter. But that documentary shows that regardless of how much of a fighter he is, yeah. it is hard to wake up and train when you're in silk sheets. Yeah. You know, because he does he does mention it. it depending on his extrinsic motivation for why he's fighting, he has struggled in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, what would you give it out of 10, mate, if you were to give it a rating? Uh, I reckon probably an 8. Five, but that was a, that's a lot of that is because I know the story. You yeah. know, I'm all I've I've lived the story. You yeah. know, I followed the story close as a massive Conor McGregor fan. Um, you know, I was pretty impressed. I actually I got one of my mates. He's he's a massive Khabib fan. He's always we've always been at each other's throats about this for years. And after when it goes back into the dressing room after he was beaten by Khabib and though Dana was sort of apologising, going, oh, well, you know, they had the big brawl, I don't know. And, you know, I think when you look at Connor, he goes, I don't give a shit about the brawl, man. Like they all jumped in and they started fighting and it went, I, I lost where it matters. Mm. Like how can you not respect that? Yep. Like how can you not respect that despite – the chaos and anarchy of a of a brawl that occurred when emotions boiled over at the end of the fight. He just went back to the dressing shed and went, "I lost where it matter. I lost the fight. I don't care." He goes, in his words, "It was that was handbags. That was nothing. You know, I lost where it matters, and that's what hurts." You know, and I put that to my mate, and he told me to go and stick it up my ass and <laughs> that suck shit. He hates Conor McGregor, so I mean. I couldn't even get him get him over with that, but anyway, try your best. Oh well, beautiful. What do you think, mate? What do you rate it if you were to give it a mate? I, I'd have given it a 
I'd have given it an eight and a half or nine. I really found it fascinating, but I was looking for something when I was um when I was watching it. I wanted to get a little bit of that insight into mm. the fighter's mind, just because it's so foreign for for myself. Yeah, and um, you know, obviously not being a professional athlete, not being a fighter, just having some idea about how what makes them tick. So yeah. I, I really quite enjoyed. Oh, and you know, if you wondered what makes Conor McGregor Conor McGregor. He's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's crazy. He can see that. And yeah, to, oh, yeah. be, to be uh, a great and to experience greatness, you have to have that other side. Yeah. And that, you know, often is a dark side. All right, mate. Um, should we get into some of the footy, mate? It's a big weekend of footy. Let's make it happen. Okay, mate. Round ball. Premier League wrap, mate. What do we get? All right. So, uh, Brentford, 3-1 over Spurs. Uh, Liverpool and Villa played out a one-all draw, as did Wolves and Everton, scoring in the 99th minute. Oh, yes. Could prove to be a very important Yeah, we'll point. get into that, mate. Uh, United, 1-0 over Bournemouth. Yeah. Uh, Fulham and Palace played out a two-all draw. Forrest um, sticking the boot in Arsenal 1-0. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? It, it is, this, it is. Oh. Yes, you, you can spot an Arsenal fan at the moment a mile off, can't you? They're, 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 they're talking about Spurs a lot. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> oh, uh, West Ham 3-1 over Leeds. Brighton 3-1 over Southampton. City 1-0 over Chelsea and Newcastle and Leicester played out a nil or draw. Another important point there. A uh, big point for Newcastle too. That takes them back into the Champions League. Now, yep. I believe um, Sir Robbie was uh, – uh, Sir Bobby was the, the manager last time they were in the Champions League. That's how long it's been for Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Bobby Robson, um, you know, that's a, that's big. Yeah. Like, um, Obviously, you know, they've had some lean years. They had the Ashley era uh, where they'll, you know, the fans were, were dragged through the emotional mud. Yep. But, um, yeah, Newcastle back in the Champions League. I think uh, they're ahead of schedule. They, they were bought out by the, the Saudi investment firm, um, obviously the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, so state-owned. So there's a lot of, I mean, endless cash. We're talking live cash here. Um so maybe they might just put the accelerator on in terms of getting things happening now they're in the Champions League because they're going to want to stay there. Yeah. So it'll be very, very interesting times on time side. Mm. Uh, match of the round, mate, what'd you get? Uh, I ended up going with Spurs versus Brentford. So I was interested in um, having a look at this um, match because uh, Spurs are going to play a key role uh, this week because they're playing mm. Leeds, and um, we'll get into that in a, in a moment. But they have a they play a key role in the relegation battle. I was intrigued by this match and watching it. Um, I um, uh, Harry Kane scored an absolute cracker in about the eighth minute, and for pretty much the first half, they were um, all over um, uh, Brentford, and then it, then it all changed. Brentford scored after fifty minutes, their first shot on goal. Mm. 
And then it just sort of fell apart for, for Spurs from there. I've been so, I mean, so impressed by it. And I don't know if it's I'm just looking at it with rose-tinted glasses because Manchester United haven't got a striker. But the way that Ivan Tony and obviously Ivan tony has got the ban at the moment, there's a lot, of, a lot of nonsense going on there with his betting debacle. But Brian and Bermo as well, the way they are playing, I'm yeah. like, it is almost like... You know, I'm looking over the fence and going, oh, geez, that paddock's so green yeah. because they've got strikers. Yeah. You know, and they, they are so impressive. Well, four uh, shots on target, yeah. three goals. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that that was an interesting match for me and my match of the round. What about you, mate? Mate, um, the my fellow Manchester United fans are going to be uh, pretty, pretty disappointed with me, mate, because it's West Ham versus Leeds. So it's Leeds two weeks in a row. Yeah. And... Um, out of the that, yeah, that doesn't uh, doesn't bode well for uh, the staunchest of United fans, mate. Uh, giving Leeds any credit whatsoever, but um, I thought it was a great game. I, I mean, just as a purist, um, you know, we scraped home a, a one nil win over Bournemouth, which was a great finish by Casemiro, but didn't kill them off. So I couldn't really jump on the United bandwagon for that. However, um, I was really impressed with West Ham, not only on the back of the fact that they'd played in the Europa Conference League during the week, which they got a great result into the final. We'll talk about that in a moment. However, you know, with Danny Ings, Jared Bowen and Paqueta, I mean, they have got such a, just a lightning dynamic front line that can do damage when they're on, you know, and Leeds started off really, really well. But gee, once West Ham got going, they they were a joy to watch. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's that's why I went for that as my um, as my match of the round. But I was I was pretty darn impressed with West Ham. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned before, mate. Big big week. Big oh, week, yeah, mate. So um, we're going to decide the um, relegation battle this week. So looking at the EPL ladder, Southampton gone, gone, gone. But for the final two spots, 19 and 18, there are three clubs who are three teams who are in the mix. So one surviving. Yeah, one surviving. Everton, Leicester City, and Leeds United. Mm. So the breakdown, and correct me if I'm wrong here, goal difference will play a major factor. It, can, it could play a factor, and that was the big thing about Leicester picking up the point against Newcastle mm. because that brought that goal difference into play. Yep. Had they have lost, they would have just needed a win and there's nothing else they could have done. But now it brings the draw into play. It does. So the Toffees, evident. They've got it in their own destiny. If they mm. win, they will um, be safe. Um, Bournemouth doesn't play again this season. Yep. This is Bournemouth's last game as well. Yep. So that, that needs to be discussed as a factor. Um, if they lose or draw, Leicester can secure a 17th spot with a win. Mm. So really for Everton, they they need to... Got to win. Yeah, they got to win. Uh, and uh, Leeds, they've got the toughest task. Uh, they require both clubs to lose and they have to win. Mm. And they're playing Spurs. So Spurs haven't got another game this season. Yeah. The reason why I raise that is West Ham have got the Europa Conference final now. Mm. So their first European Cup final for West Ham, I believe in all time. I could be wrong. You have to jump jump back in the history books, but it would have been in a long time. Um, 
you know, that's that's massive. Like because they're going to probably look to rest players. So then they're playing. Leicester's got a side that you know is might be looking at at uh, you know managing the 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 workload of the players. So that could play in Leicester's hands. Not only that, the fact that they've got this uh, this significant goal difference lead on the other teams around them. So yeah, things will be interesting. But like you said, mate, if I'm Everton, I'm going. We just win. That's right. Just you know, win. You, Beat the cherries, and we're, and we're at home. Which is massive. Yeah, you, you you could fall into the position of sitting there going, "Oh, they're playing a team who's got another match. They're going to be playing a weakened team." Hey, Le- Leicester fans would prefer to be the team with like just win, just win, just yeah. win, and it's done. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a nervous weekend for many fans out there watching. Uh, watch this space, absolutely, mate. And look, as a as a Manchester United fan, it you know it. It does pain me to do this, but, um, you know, I, I need to uh, congratulate uh, Manchester City, the, the Premier League winners, um, you know, in all seriousness, hands down one of the greatest triumphs of the modern era of football, mate. A, a team who has battled through adversity. Um, they've been able to win the title despite having 100 charges of breaching financial regulations hanging over their head. What you know, an effort. I mean, the guts that they've shown. Guts and determination. You know, in a scenario that may shock many football fans, Manchester City, Potty, a team that cannot fill a 55,000-seat stadium despite a decade of success. Um, you know, since Sheikh Mansour's takeover of Man City, they have been able to generate so much sponsorship and additional streams of revenue um, that, that has allowed them to spend billions on players. In my opinion, City have already won the double. Oh. They have won the Premier League title and they've also won the Delouette title of biggest commercial learners despite struggling to fill out a stadium. I mean, hence, there's no fabrication of these hundred charges, mate. They, I mean, they're just, they're just lumping, uh, lumping coal on them. It's all bullshit. Fabricate all the charges you want, FA, financial doping you want to call it. Just a couple of battlers from the United Arab Emirates have turned this football club from Manchester into a success machine through hard work, strategic decision-making and the pure love of football. What do you think of that? Mate, just that was heroic of you delivering that. You know, I think that. that's a lie. That is the biggest load of bullshit you'll ever hear on this podcast, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Those guys on the blue half of Manchester are just the noisy neighbours Look, if you had 10 years of success, you'd think you wouldn't be, uh, you know, giving away tickets to uh, people outside of the stadium just to come and fill seats. You grubs. Honestly, the bald fraud, the, the manager, the whole lot, you are an absolute joke. And I can't wait till they just strip every title off you. Well, United, you get your opportunity coming up, don't you? Yeah, and it, like I said, it could be the worst night of my life. But anyway, <laughs> uh, European football news, mate. Brighton, they get to European football in uh, twenty three season 23-24. Um, and another one, mate, I touched on uh, West Ham getting into the Europa Conference final. Mm, you did. Um, now, Nolsey. Nolsey. He's going to the final, mate. Uh, Chris Noll has been rewarded by, uh, via his heroics getting a ticket to UEFA Conference League final. Now, I don't know if you... When he goes in yeah, or? I don't know if you're over this one, mate. Um, I, the AZ Alkmaar fans, so the semi-final was against AZ Alkmaar over in Alkmaar. 
and uh, the ultras from Alkmaar broke down into the away fan section and um, they started attacking the away fans and looking, getting towards the players' families. Now, it turns out that they may have picked the wrong fans to go after because Nulsey and there's an unidentified man in a green shirt and all you've got to do is go on YouTube and look at the footage on this who, I mean, it looked like they were having the time of their life as they punched the piss out of every single Alkmaar fan who tried to scale the stairs. Like, they were absolutely delivering blow after blow. It was a joy to watch. Nulsey, I'll tell you what it reminded me of, mate. Have you seen 300? Oh, <laughs> mate, there was... I mean, there was a little less dexterity on the Spartan kick. <laughs> However... He was just swapping away. It, it was so good. And, and like, obviously, Chris Nolan, Nolsey, um, he got a, a standing ovation at, at the home ground on the weekend. And, obviously, everybody has known him as the face of, you know, they're calling him, uh, what are they calling him, the... Uh, the angel of Alkmaar. The angel of Alkmaar. So, but, but there's this other fella, um, and I showed you the video earlier, mate. This, this fella in the green shirt, and uh, there's a Lad Bible article up here that we've got where they're trying to find out who this guy is. Um, get so, him some free tickets. Yeah, get him some free tickets because this bloke was, I mean, he was doing the Lord's work on the top of that stairs. He was, mate, he was kicking sin for a six. Like, it was unbelievable. Um but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, pretty dangerous. Like we talked about, obviously the um, the suburban ground brawl earlier in the podcast, mate. So it's pretty confronting when you're in that environment, and especially when you got sort of eighty odd ultras with black hoods jumping over trying to attack. But I mean, Nolsey and his mate in the green were not taking a backward step. No, mate. It was it was bloody impressive, mate. Um, another. Few things to touch on, mate. Champions League final, so it's done. Inter Milan versus um, those uh, cheating financial flogs, Manchester City, uh, in the Champions League final. Um, I'll, oh, yeah, allegedly, but I mean, they're going to find them guilty anyway, so I'll say allegedly. Um, that will be the Champions League final. I don't like Inter's chances, however, I hold out hope. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> Now, talking about Manchester City, mate, they were going to get my penis of the week, but I've gone elsewhere, Mm. but I will touch on it here. So um, the social media team at Manchester City, and this is why I think they are the biggest pack of knobs ever, because this is an example of it. So in a message on social media celebrating Sergio Aguero's career at City, the club put out a post highlighting that it had been two years since his last game for the club against Everton Mm. as City won the league. The fact is, Potty, it wasn't his last game because he played the Champions League final a week later where they got beaten by Chelsea. So Chelsea fans were quick to jump on the socials and remind them, hold on a second, that wasn't his last game. So you know what Man City did? They they? turned off the comments. These absolute pack of wankers have turned off the comments to try and stop the onslaught of truth. The fact that... No, the last time he played for you guys, he was crying in Porto because he lost the Champions League final. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was going to be my penis of the week, but I've I've found something that's that's uh, that's taken my eye a bit a bit more. Um, Final thing, mate, Barcelona. uh, They've agreed a a sponsorship deal, deal, mate, with Dutch. 
electronics giants Philips. Mm. Now for a, she- a shirt's sleeve sponsorship. Now the reason why this caught my eye was the fact that it hasn't been since the Balmain Tigers Philips TV jersey oh. in the late 80s that we've seen Philips sponsoring high-level sports. I mean, even though PSV, the Dutch club, is Philips, that, that's the Philips workers, that's where the clubs come from, but we're going to eradicate them from our, this discussion. But it was a bit of nostalgia for me, mate. It was a bit of nostalgia where I thought, oh, sure, sponsorship, Philips. Oh, Philips TV, the old bell, mate. Ellery Hanley. Block of Roach. Oh, mate. Zero. Zero. Oh, Benny, Benny Elias. Backdoor Benny. Come on, Benny. So, um, I mean, Barcelona... I mean, hopefully they have a bit more luck than uh, than the Tigers did. Um, I mean, they don't have to contend with Terry Lamb taking out their gun player. No. I mean, but, uh, yeah, so Phillips, uh, they're sponsoring. They probably would for a price. But oh, mate. The bar. Bar. <laughs> um, Phillips are back. They're sponsoring uh, Dutch Giants. Uh, the Dutch Electronics Giants, they're sponsoring Barcelona. Um, so, yeah, look out for – keep a look out for those. All right, mate, uh, that's it for the footy. Should we get into the integrity report? Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. All right, mate, the integrity report. We've gone hard today um i there's there's two little things in here on the integrity report however i'm just going to touch on the first one briefly because it, it it gets me it gets me a bit sad to be honest um nba player jar morant mate do you know him jar morant heard of not not a huge nba fan so don't know him well yeah i i hadn't heard of him but yeah. anyway i know about him now um, he's been suspended from the league in relation to a gun possession incident um, now people are probably going hey that's old news. You know, he was down Shotgun Willie's strip club, yep. had the gun, you know. Apparently he was he was packing heat. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, however, he didn't get suspended for that. Oh, he didn't? Not for that one? No, no. Yeah. He just went through the education program oh, that the yeah. NBA yeah. put out for him, which is, you know, fair enough. They're looking at the well-being of their, of their athletes. However, he's done it again. Another video has surfaced on Instagram of Jar Morant with a gun. Um, he's now suspended from all team activities pending a league review. And um, the general manager of the NBA, so the, the president, it was just basically silver. He's just gone, I'm not even mad, I'm, I'm disappointed. Like oh, we've, oh, we've, we've, bloody, we've, we've done the work with this Muppet and... My suggestion for Jar Morant would be get some new friends. Yeah. Because well, if you've got friends who are taking Instagram videos of you with, you know, holding a pistol, um, you know, after all that you've been through at Shotgun Willies. And posting it. Yeah, you know, and posting again. You need some new friends. And number two, how many enemies have you got, mate? Yeah. Like, why are you carrying a gun? How many enemies do you have? So, yeah, whatever the outcome of this, mate, just cop the tip. Like, oh, let's... Oh. Anyway, anyway, put the gun down. Go for the cash cannon, mate. When you're at the strip club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, now the real integrity report, mate. This is, I mean, this is some serious integrity issues here, mate. Uh, Brian Johnson. Now Brian Johnson, not of ACDC fame. No. Uh, this is the real Benjamin Button story, mate. 
the Brad Pitt special. The real Benjamin Button, tech mogul and venture capitalist Brian Johnson. He's been in the news recently discussing his age prevention protocol, mm. um, which includes, mate, a, obtaining blood infusions from his son, Talmarg. Right, so... Now, Talmarg, that perked my thoughts straight away because I went, who the fuck calls their kid Talmarg? <laughs> Now, I did a bit of research with that, and it turns out that either there's two ways you mate. Talmarg is either knapsack in ancient Roman, or it is warrior in Hebrew. Right. So I'm going to go with the knapsack. Yeah, I'm okay, I'll go with the, the backpack. He's, he's been named after a backpack. So the basis of this is basically he's, he's vampiring his son for yeah. his blood. Dracula business. Yeah. But in exploratory research conducted on mice, there were some positive signs that infusing mice with plasma of younger mice assisted in repair of cell damage, okay? Now, we're not reinventing the wheel here. PRP, protein-rich plasma. I mean, putting it in the centrifuge and re-injecting it. It's been, we've been doing it, okay? It's injury, injury rehab 101. I mean, this is, this is not new stuff. However, taking blood from your son and then pumping it not only into you but then into your father as well. You're all so it's it's this blood chain that they're doing. I mean, this is this has got flog written all over it. It does, mate. It's got flog written all over it. It's not but it's not his first venture in a trying to, you know, find the fountain of youth, isn't it? No. I mean, he is a champagne wanker, this bloke. <laughs> is um, he? Look, I, I've been able to investigate his daily routine. So this flog's daily routine is a 5 a.m. wake up. Mm. I mean, far out, mate. Do you want an award? Yeah, well done. 5 a.m. Have you got kids? You've got kids, mate. <laughs> uh, one hour long workout consisting of 25 exercises. Why they specified that, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit bummed. I do 24, so. Yeah. Know. Dozens of supplements, including creatine, and he has a tea tree oil rinse of his teeth. Well. Well, I mean... A te- hang on, a tea tree oil rinse of his tea. That's what it says. Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah, right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Let's move on. Apply seven skin creams. Mm, right. Seven skin, cre- skin creams. Now, I'm going to suggest... To his face? To his face, oh, right. apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to suggest that semen is one of them. It's gotta be, <laughs> there's got to be some sort of semen in there that he is rubbing into his face this oh. He's on a strict vegan diet oh, now. Right. I mean, hold on. Sceptical hippo-wise, I've got going now. I mean... We're just going to let that one yeah, go. We'll let, we've got to let that one go. I don't want to upset anyone. Yeah. He has regular blood tests. Uh, on some days, he will have an MRI, ultrasound, or colonoscopies. Right. So, I mean, I would suggest Is this part that... part of the procedure? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would suggest that if you're having regular colonoscopies, you're enjoying it. Mm, yes. Okay, you're enjoying having things stuck up your bum. That's, well, yeah. Now, this is where I get a bit sceptical as well because if you're having regular MRIs or ultrasounds or even X-rays, mm. that ain't good for you. <laughs> okay? So, sorry to burst your bubble, Brian, but having exposure to those elements on a regular basis ain't healthy. No. But anyway... Um, he also has these special goggles that he puts on for two hours before bed. Now, they almost look like a VR headset, however, so they're not Israeli goggles. Now, do you know what Israeli goggles are, mate? No. Now, it's probably inappropriate for any of our Israeli listeners, but it's an old saying for when 
your mate puts his nuts on your eyes and the two ball oh, yeah. the two balls go into your eyes. Yeah. So there is Rayleigh goggles. Yeah. I would suggest he probably has those as well. <laughs> mate, there is, however, one cons- constant in his routine that's not mentioned, Potty. He still has to look at himself in the mirror and see a fuckwit staring back at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so, so I thought about this, mate, and I thought, look, any aging, it's got me onto something. So, yeah. and mate, I, I, I'll wrap it up with it with an absolute doozy. But we'll we'll go into the question: What are some of the anti-aging products or ancient rituals that people have run with, mate, in the past? Have you have you got any for me, mate? I've I've jumped straight into the creams. Yep. So Neutrogena, Allay, Retinol, all those sorts of ones that are anti-wrinkle, what, you know, what, garbage. What about the cucumbers on the eyes? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, the mud mask. The mud mask, yep. Oh, mate. Um, what I've also found uh, during my research, whiteface, whiteface was used by ancient Romans. Like this was a, a collection of chalk and crocodile shit. Uh, Whiteface was considered a demonstration of beauty and can be considered as the earliest form of makeup. Wow. I could be wrong there. Historians might jump down my throat on that one, but we'll go. So I'm thinking, mate, maybe she was born with it, or maybe it was just crock shit. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got anything, mate? Oh, mate, well, I've ducked into more of the the modern ones, but talking about some of the... um, uh, foods and diet, they've always yes. been a, a big thing, hasn't it? Well, y- you know, what about, you know, avocado, for oh, instance? Oh, yeah, avocado yeah. is yeah. a big one. That looks – and the things you're not allowed to have, oh, alcohol. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, anything good. <laughs> honestly. Anything good. Mate, are, are you telling me that having a bucket of KFC and a six-pack of beer is not good for you? Oh, it makes you happy at the time. Well, there you go. Um, so they've got some other foods. You've got watercress, red bell pepper, papaya, blueberries. Unfortunately, mate, there's no meat pies, iced coffees or Metamucil. That doesn't well. make the list, mate. But however, that is a middle-aged bloke's best friend. Yeah, well, there's my breakfast in the morning, Gordon. <laughs> um, one I did see going back to the tribal stuff, mate, so the black snake. Mm. Now, the black snake is a remote tribal tradition in Papua New Guinea, mate, and um, it's where young men of a tribe join together in what could only resemble the human centipede. Um, <laughs> they come together and they perform a snake-like dance while trying to avoid burying their beak in an old mate's scrum in front of them. <laughs> like it's, it's this bizarre thing. So it's apparently it's a sign of solidarity, strength, youth and manpower. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to have to take their word on that. Yeah, um, yeah so I mean, that, anything else? Well, mate, people go through all these crazy things to... to to become younger almost, don't they, to, to, to hold on to their youth mm. for longer. And I think, well, why do that when you can just have some Botox, Oh, mate? yes, just, the old faithful. Just some Botox. Botox, jeez. But that, you know what? They can get out of hand. It can go out of hand. And I've thought to myself, when has it got out of hand before and when have people, celebrities, Ooh, made yes. some errors with some Botox? Joan Rivers. Oh. Television personality. Actress, comedian. She can cry me a river over her how many surgeries she, she's had. You just don't know whether she's smiling or frowning. <laughs> <laughs> For love or money, mate, I'll oh, tell you. That reminds me of the old Simpsons episode where Lenny gets his teeth done. Oh, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> mate, 
Have you seen Mickey Rourke lately? Oh, yes. Mickey Rourke. Oh, he's been through the ringer, hasn't he? He certainly has. He certainly has. Uh, I thought he was wearing a mask, but anyway. Uh, and uh, Kenny Rogers. Oh, mate, Kenny, Kenny mate. a handsome gentleman. Oh, he was. Oh, mate, he was. He was all man, just uh, a bloke. Oh, I tell you what, uh, he just should have aged gracefully. I guess what I'm saying of all people, Kenny, he should have known when to fold him. <laughs> you couldn't fold him in the end. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, a couple of honourable mentions, mate. Donatella Versace. Donatella oh, oh, mate, she looks horrific. And obviously the <laughs> the, the big gun, Michael Jackson. Oh, right? Michael Wacko Jackson. Jacko, mate. You can't, yeah, look, you can't beat that. Oh. However, before we go, mate, I have to show you an image. Now, if we go all the way back to Brian Johnson, the uh, the tech flog, there was an article that I read of, of Brian Johnson and his system with his son and his father. Now, it became very apparent that he has daddy issues because his dad was obviously wasn't there as a kid because, I mean, he, this is the reason why his dad's letting him take his blood. Yeah. So there's obviously some issues there with the family. However, have a look at this image of all three of them and tell me that there isn't something wrong with these blokes. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for the listeners who are there, it is the three of them and it is his son hanging off his arm like he's some sort of prison, uh, you know, <laughs> pocket holder and his dad caressing him from the back and it's all three of them in the same image. It is, it, it's enough to make you sick. Any prison break fans out there? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone remember oh, T-Bag? <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, once I saw that photo, I, I knew the path that this story was oh. going. But anyway, so look, in a world where there are children who are starving, tech moguls, blokes with lots of money, pull your heads in, mm. have a go, put your money to some sort of decent use, serve the community, help each other out, and be graceful. Yep. My name is Grego. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, mate. Should we uh, should we move on to all sports? Let's get into it. All right, mate. So. All other sports, and there's been plenty happening in the boxing world in the last week. Yeah, some good fights on the weekend, mate. So, um, what have you got for me, mate? What certain mate, knockout caught your eye this week, mate? The knockout. We'll jump straight to. We'll go, we'll go with the um, with the Maloney knockout, mate, because mm. we talked about um, about the Maloney brothers in our last episode. However. Um, things haven't gone as well for Andrew as they did for Jason, mate. He was, uh, he... That was one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, it was rough. So Junto Nakatani, um, Japanese boxer. So he's claimed the world, uh, the WBO World Junior Bantamweight title, um, with a knockout of the year contender. So Jason uh, Maloney, who is Andrew's brother, won the title against, um, he beat, um, yeah, Rocket Vagina last week, mm. as we talked about. And uh, Nakatani, I mean, he was dominating the fight with Andrew Maloney. Um, and Maloney's camp was looking at throwing the towel in. But then just at that last minute, he just walked on to that, that yep. vicious hook right on the button. Um, put him away. Um, 
it was a, you know, obviously it was a valiant effort. I, I think when you talk about, you know, Aussie boxers, one thing they don't do is they don't quit. No. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, that's what your, your corner's job is to notice when it's things aren't going to go well and let you fight another day. But just a little too late on that one. Yeah. So he... He was uh, put away, but um, look, all the mate, best, Andrew. That was a shocker. Yeah, I hope you're recovering he'll well. be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Um, putting my um, my fan slash promoters hat on the body. Mm. I mean, the only possible outcome for Nakatani is that he goes up and fights Jason. Yeah, I mean, if you want some more Maloney Pro- smoke, bruh. Promoter's dream. Is it hard to come back from a knockout like that as a professional fighter? Have some time off. Yeah, have some time off. I think you know and. Yeah, they're tough guys. Mm. You know, he's he's been put out before. Yeah, you know, at training or sparring, whatever. You know, that yeah, you know, a lot of fighters come in, you know, and and experience that. But it's you know, I think it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's the game. Mm. It's what it it's is. what we tune in to see. But um, also too, mate. Uh, just a little bit of news. Uh, Tyson Fury's in town, mate. The um, oh, the yes. Gypsy King touchdown in Melbourne this week in support of his good mate and brother from a non-Gypsy mother, Joseph Parker. Yep. Um, they do. They obviously train together. Uh, Parker, he's fighting Fager Opalu, also known as Django Unchained, um, and that's tonight. Um, yep. On the Nikita Zoo and Benjamin Bomber are on that card as well. So Joe Parker and and Django are. are Maining that one, um, but yeah, good to see the Gypsy King down. Apparently, he, he made no, uh, yeah, made his a beeline straight for the pub and and ripped in with the boys down there. So good on you, Tyson. Good Fury. on you, Tyson. And he'll bring a certain profile to the fight that it might not have had as well. Yeah, he? and I, I think that's the idea. Is he comes down, brings some eyes, and helps obviously get some get some additional pay per views for Joe Parker. Real good guy, Joe Parker. So yeah, wish him all the best tonight. Big fight. Um, but also on the weekend, mate, we had Devin Haney versus uh, Vasil Lomachenko. Um, it was a great fight. Um, or did you catch the anything on this one, mate? No, I missed that one. Yeah. So it could have gone either way. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, Lomachenko was robbed and, and this, and there's a bit of a dispute with, the with you know, the, the card on this. Um I think first and foremost, looking at the positives, the the movement and technical display from both fighters was a thing of beauty, mm. you know, and that's where you got to start. You got to really appreciate that. I don't think there was a robbery. Did I have Lomachenko winning? I could have. Yeah. I I, I wasn't really in a position with watching it. I was sort of in and out of the fight while I was watching it. Um, so I don't really want to make a judgment on it. However, I could see Haney winning as well. Haney probably landed the the bigger shots, but Lomachenko's pressure and his punches in bunches was scoring. So I, I mean, there was an argument either way as to who could have won. Yeah. And when they we have fights like that, you can't say that they're a robbery. No. You know, we're we're quick to say, oh, it's a robbery. But at the end of the day, if if two fighters have an argument where they could have won the fight, you've got to, you can't say it's a robbery. You just go, well, you know, it was a close fight and this guy got the nod. Like, yeah. and I think that was a case there. Um, you know, Haney landed some slick and heavy counters. It was a great fight. Um, I don't think they'll do it again. I mean, they could easily do it again. But, um, yeah, from what I'm hearing in the media, I don't know if it's immediately on the cards for them to have a rematch. But, um, yeah, yeah okay. really, really good fight. Um Moving into um, the UFC, big news. 
Our man Connor. He's back. He's back. December, yes. December a date looking for a return? That's what the rumour is. Mm. So he's obviously coaching the Ultimate Fighter. That series kicks off next Tuesday. Yep. So, um, yeah, for the punters at home that want to want to check that out, um, that'll be on the KO Sports stream, yep. um, which will be a cracking series. Anything with Connor in it's going to bring eyeballs. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, check that one out. Uh, he's back in the, the Yasada testing pool. So that means he's got six months between being back in the pool and then you know, being able to compete again. Now, obviously, all the haters, everyone online is just going to go, oh, well, he broke his leg, he went out and got on the juice and he got himself healed and now he's going to, you know, come back. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm not Conor McGregor's trainer. However, how about we look at it this way? Conor McGregor lives on a yacht. If you're in the Yasada testing pool, you need to let Yasada know where you are every day so they can turn up and test you. Mm. If you know you're not fighting for a very long time, and in the meantime, you might even go all Hollywood on us and film a movie called Roadhouse. You heard of it? <laughs> you probably don't want your Sada following you around. You want some breathing space. So Conor McGregor retires, goes, I'm out of the pool. You can't test me. All he's got to do is get back in the pool six months before he wants to compete again. Yeah. So if you're there going, oh, he was cheating, he, oh, he was taking drugs, he just wanted to be out. No, he wanted to go and live his life and not have them follow him around and possibly make him piss in a cup at any given time. Yeah. That's all he wanted to do. It doesn't necessarily mean he was cheating. Now, do I know the insides and outs of that? Absolutely not. I never would. No. However, try and think of it with some rational thought. And, yeah, maybe this guy just wanted to live his life for 18 months before he got back. Oh, man, yeah. And uh, anything else in the fight game for you, mate? So uh, Francis Ngannou, mate, he's um, come to an agreement with the PFL, the Professional Fighters League. It's it's a real bizarre one, this one. He was obviously never going to re-sign with the UFC. They'd sort of pulled the offer from him. Um, However... You know, it's just, I don't think there's any competition. There's no competition there for him. Yeah. I mean, we can we can make that statement. However, in the deal, he gets a percentage of the gate. There's going to do pay-per-view, but obviously the, the caveat is there's no competition for him. So I think this was all based off the premise that he was going to get a boxing fight, mm. and whether it be with Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, or a real big money spinner, a la Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. But that just doesn't seem to have come to fruition because okay. it would have already happened. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's sort of backed himself into a corner. I mean, PFL, it seems like a massive roll of the dice for them to put up such astronomical numbers for him if you don't know whether you're going to get a return on it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a real bizarre deal. I'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think a lot of it was premised on the fact that he would get a big boxing payday and that just really doesn't look like it's going to happen at the moment. Mm. But anyway, watch his space. All right. Now, big news in the golfing world over the weekend. The PGA Championship. Mate. The golfing majors was played and Brooks gets the job done. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka. Oh, a bit of controversy, mate. One of the live boys. One of the live boys. Was there... An invasion on the green. Oh, well, it was not like the Masters they were talking oh, about. Ah, yes, I let us down, guys. Um, so, yeah, Brooks gets it done, and that takes him to five majors now. 
So yeah. three PGA Championships, two US Opens. First one he's won, I think, in about four years. So he's had a bit of battle with form up and down. Injuries Obviously, as well? Yeah, yeah injuries yeah. as well. Obviously the move over to um, Live Golf last year as well. Mm. Um, I guess you start talking about five majors. That's that's pretty significant. I mm. mean, I know you've got... Well, your... he came third or equal second with Phil in the Masters. Mm. So yeah. he's, he's in four. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he won the uh, the live, most yeah. recent live tournament as well. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but if you win five majors, you're up there with some of the greats, aren't you? Mm. So yeah. Rory, he's gone past Rory McIlroy. Oh. So, you know. Oh, if that's not a kick in the testicles, I don't know what is. <laughs> and oh. uh, Jordan Spieth as well. He's left uh, yeah. Justin Thomas and uh, the likes of Cameron Smith and Jason Day were well in his wake now. So, Did we get a comment from Bryson DeChambeau? We didn't get one from DeChambeau. Oh, that surprises me. Well, you know, they're, they're good mates, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, look, mate, I'm gonna, how about I throw this little hypothetical out for you, mate? Because mm. I know a lot of what they were talking about coming into the Masters, and really we discussed it here on the podcast, hence the reason we went for Johnny Rahm as the as the form player, Scotty yep. Scheffler potentially, was the, the workload that the players, they, they just weren't coming into the Masters with the reps playing in the live tournament. Mm. However, looking from the other side, has this played into the hands of Brooks Kepka? Because he's playing good golf. Yeah. So maybe that the less demanding work schedule for some golfers is going to play an important role in them actually competing at the big tournaments. Well, I guess maybe we'll see over the next um, few years, but maybe what we'll find is the Masters being the first one on the calendar – it works for better for the guys who are on the PGA mm. playing. Yeah, because they got the reps in. Lots of reps, lots of um, lots of swings. Once the once the season heats once up, you start and getting a bit yeah. old, having those loose shoulders mm. um, might just help out a little bit. But yeah, interesting. There was a bit of a feel good story at the PGA Championship as well. Uh, club professional uh, got to live out his fairy tale, hitting a hole in one, finishing uh, I think. Equal 15th overall. Wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, he, like, coaches kids during his day and, you know, yeah. other, other uh, you know, probably cries over people like me who get out there. And, yeah. And, uh, oh, mate. Got to yeah, he just sees sees us walking down the hill and goes, oh, far out, I'm going to earn me dosh today. <laughs> <laughs> bit like... Um, Chubbs Peterson. Oh, and yeah. Well. It's all in the hips. Well, yeah, so, I mean, people who have lost their arms due to alligator attacks are really coming into this podcast today, aren't they, Chubbs? Young viewers, if you haven't seen Happy Gilmore, come on. Give yourselves an uppercut. That's right. And then, um, you know, moving on to, to to some of our loyal fans out there, we know that we want to hear more about the, the F1. The mate. F1, mate. A bit of rumour mill around... Transfer rumour mill. Mm. Transfer rumour mill. Um, now, they're swirling that Ferrari could be making a big money move to lure Lewis Hamilton over to the Big Red. Now, a Hamilton-Leclerc team, a double, that's pretty immense. Mm. Well, that's, that's some talent. But what does the signing say to someone like Charles Leclerc? You know, you, you're the big signing, you know, you, you're, a, you're our gun. Yep. And but ah, we just haven't got that world title. You've been here for two two seasons now. This might, I think this might be his third season at Ferrari. You can't. Uh, yep. Do we bring Lewis over to try and? You know, I I, I think it's yeah, it's unusual. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it is a little bit unusual. I mean, 
we've sort of seen this before. Didn't Daniel Ricciardo go through something similar a few years ago? Well, yeah, when um, Verstappen was coming through, yeah. I mean, he, he knew the writing was on the wall and he obviously had his, um, his back and forward with, um, what's his name? Um, oh, oh goes past me now. Yeah. Um, Spanish. Uh, Alonso. Alonso. Yeah. yeah. So when Alonso was there, he'd obviously um, had those, had that 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 was when he was coming onto the scene. So yeah, I and mean it's, um, a, it's a big juggle that teams play to, with their yeah. roster, with their driver roster. And there was the Aussie as well at Red Bull a few years before that who had the um, issues with Sebastian Vettel, who obviously went on to win. Oh Weber. Yeah, Weber, Mark mm. Weber, uh, who went on to win four world championships in a row. So mm. back the right horse, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean that was sorry. It was uh, it was Vettel. Yeah, Vettel was there when um, when Ricardo came oh, through. Yeah, so okay. he's still there. Sorry, yep. lot, yeah. Any Alonso fans will be jumping through their speakers at the moment, going, "You idiot, um, mate!" Cricket, cricket, the Ashes. So the Ooh. Ashes are on their way, mate. Now there is a bit of an issue, some um, some concern that has been expressed by former cricket captain Alan Border, mate. Ab. He's concerned the Aussies of the Aussies' choice to not participate in any warm-up matches leading into the Ashes series in the old dart. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, it is. It is definitely concerning. Now, I don't know how many Aussies of our, particularly our batsmen, have been over there playing in the, mm. in their county cricket over there. So, if, if most of our players, you couldn't imagine seen, many because they're just so busy. Well, you, you wouldn't think too many people with families, people who are getting big money. Offers from the IPL. Mm. Cameron Green's certainly not going over there playing too much when he's on $3 million for yes. six weeks' worth of work. Um, the big thing is it's it's a different ball. They mm. uh, We play with the Kookaburra out here. They play with the Duke. The Duke. Um, and um, it, 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 we notoriously really struggle, especially early on in this series, because of just how much variation there is, how much the ball mm. swings. Jimmy Anderson... Maybe he's been on some of the um, anti-aging gear oh, as well because yes. that bloke just doesn't get old. He is going to have a field day over there. Yeah, uh, him and Stuart Broad, and so I think AB very good judge. I think it could be a problem, and yeah. it's going to backfire on Australia very quickly well, if we don't I, do well in the first test. I saw the I saw the story and I just went makes sense. Like you know, if you're going and we're notoriously struggle. In Ashes series in the UK, like we haven't really gone in, and despite all the success we've had as a Test playing nation over the last sort of twenty years, yeah. we we always have to work pretty hard to win a series in in the UK, and we we don't often win them. No. So to, to think that you're going to go over there cold and then uh, just rip straight into the series, I mean, I don't like it. No. So the last series over there we drew, so uh, two apiece, which meant that we. Um, Retain the ashes because mm. they were ours, but that's the most success we've had there since two thousand and two, I think. Maybe yeah. two thousand and one. Well, so two thousand and five was the big turning point. That was when yeah. we lost the series over over in the UK. And, and the great Shane Warne took forty wickets, and it still wasn't good yeah. enough. Yeah, oh mate, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was tough. Glenn McGrath when Glenn McGrath trod on the ball oh. and rolled his ankle. Yeah. That was that's what Ricky You started shaking. That was a rough year for Australian sport, especially against the UK, because what we you know. A, or nations from the UK because we lost the Ashes and then Kostya Zoo got belted by Ricky Hatton that year as well. Yeah. So, and, oh, mate, we'd just lost the World Cup, the Rugby World Cup 18 months earlier. 
So yeah, that's right. So anyway, wasn't wasn't our, our favourite period of time, was it? Anyway, mate, mate, the Maltese. Let's get on to the punting, listeners. We've let you down again. <laughs> oh, one from three. Watching watching the Sharkies play the Knights the other day, I was confident. I mm. thought the Sharkies were going to win, and they did. They just didn't want to attack down their right-hand side. No, mate. I, Nico I, Hines was swinging over to the... Mate, I sat with you in the grandstand, and I, I just we just both looked at each other with about eight to go and just go, it's not going to be your day, is it? <laughs> they just weren't coming out there. Nico yeah. Hines was kept swept, sweeping back over to the left. And, um, yep, so one from three for Tracy me. Tracy had a blinder out the other side. Oh, might have cost <laughs> Dane Gagai his jersey. You saw that coming. Oh, oh but, um, yep, so... Don't worry, I'll get back at it. Gamble responsibly. Look, mate, I made the bold claims last week that um, that I would be the penis of the week if I didn't get a win. I'm gonna. I look. I know it's selfish, but I'm gonna spare myself of the penis of the week only because I got two from three. The only one that I missed was I had Everton in for the win against Wolves, and they got a draw. Mm. So I, I think I'm being fair to say that I punted all right on the weekend. You I, did. We'll give you, know, you a it's, reprieve. It's, it's not that bad. I had Devin Haney beating Lomachenko in my multi. Mm. And I also, I believe the the other one was uh, United to win yep. as well. So it probably wasn't too bad. Mm. So still two from three. Still no money. Yep. <laughs> no return. And, um, you know, how much are you willing to lose? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. So we're in the last one, the penis of the week, mate. We're here. The penis of the week. Uh, Most I'll, popular segment. Absolutely. The punters love it. So your penis of the week, mate. What do you got? All right. So I'm basically going down this avenue for my penis of the week because I don't feel like there's any other avenue I can express it. Those out there who are in charge of producing slash directing live sporting content. Mm. Look, I get You've got a really tough job. You're trying to impress everyone, and you're trying to appeal to everyone. But do you know what? I do you know what I want to see, Gregor? You want to see, mate? I want to see sport when I'm watching sport. It's amazing that, isn't oh, it? You know what I don't <laughs> want to see? It's footage of the coach watching the game. Yeah. Do you know what I don't want to see? Is somebody sitting on the bench, so the commentary team can say. Such and such is sitting on the bench. Yes, yeah, that's right. Meanwhile, a play has happened, for instance, a kickoff, for example, a mark. Yeah. For example, <laughs> a shot at goal. Yeah, so, like, I don't so the real heavy-hitting stuff is, is happening and we're too focused on who's sitting on the pine. Yeah. We've got a fantastic product in most sports that we cover and the sports that we love. Yeah. Let's not try and sell the narrative. Let's sell the sport. Yeah. The sport well, it's, it's interesting you say that because it's something that you often don't realise. And, you know, the fact that I was aware that Brad Arthur and Trent Barrett had 63 bottles of water sitting in front of them <laughs> in the Northern Territory the other week indicates that that probably had too much screen time. But I would s- segue that into an argument that watching Craig Bellamy dropkick chairs across well, the uh, the commentary. It, there's a bit of entertainment in that. So I can see where they would focus on bellyache, but I, I get your I get your gist that there is some some absolute 
garbage that is is put on the screen when they they should be focusing on the match. Now, you know, maybe I am just that lunatic bloke who sits there watching his sport and says to himself, if they just had it on, I could have willed that player <laughs> oh. not to drop that ball. I mean, that's the beauty of fandom, mate. But I'm a loyal subscriber. That's my feedback. Turn it up. Beautiful. Penis of the week. Penis of the week. What about you, Gregor? What have you, finish it finish Look, it mate, I, I did have Man City as my penis of the week in terms of their social media team celebrating Sergio Aguero and, and that sort of nonsense that I've already covered. However, um, that was quickly replaced by uh, protesters in the UK, mate. Now, protesters, I understand, you know, the freedom of, of human spirit allowing you to protest causes and things that are really, really strong to your heart. I get that. However, when you're stopping people from getting to work, yeah, you're a penis. Yeah. So I've got a nice little video for us here from the United Kingdom. Now, the stop oil protesters have blocked off the traffic in the middle of a packed London. Like, can you imagine the carnage that this has caused? Now, this poor bloke, as we roll the tape, he's come over and he's just started tackling the protesters. He's come out with a high vis on. He starts pushing them off and he's just, get out of the way so I can get to work. And then the old Bill have come and arrested him. <laughs> like this poor bugger. They haven't put him down gently either. No. And he's just gone out there. He's trying to earn a crust. And these knobs who are out there with their signs have come out preventing him from getting to work could could be costing him money could be costing him money and they've just blocked the way and this bloke has just gone you know what enough's enough a bit of vigilante justice i'm going to move those muppets and then he gets arrested for his troubles so he didn't strike them no no just get out of my way yeah get out of my way it was a bit of push and shove yeah i mean they got off lightly if you ask me well but, um, look, if you're a protester, we understand that. You, it's your right to speak things that are true to your heart. But if you're stopping hard-working people from earning a crust, you're a penis. Agreed. If you are protesting to stop oil, yet you're holding an iPhone and filming it, where the cobalt in that iPhone has been taken by slaves in a mine, you're a penis. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> Let people go to work. If you've got a, a decent thing that you want to moan about, advocate it in other matters other than stopping hard-working people from earning money to keep the lights on. You're not you penis. Support. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it from the Sports Attention. We appreciate... You guys, uh, anything to add before we go, Potty? Appreciate the fans, love the fans. Keep getting us around us on the socials. Absolutely. Share us around, you know, get the word out. Let people know that we exist. And that would be fantastic. you want to hear on the show, just let us know. Let us know. And from any of our listeners who are from down in Warilla, home of the Warilla Gorillas, we say goodnight. night.